Hello and welcome to Radio IAGP. My name is Implausibly Josh and thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is the No Video Games Whatsoever Part 2. Normally we have video game questions on this podcast, not this time. We're going to go ahead and answer your non-video game related questions because we need some variance on this thing every once in a while. And what good video game podcast doesn't get questions that are truly not about video games? Before we get into the questions, real quick, to talk about a non-video game related update, I watched that Flash Season 6 finale, and it was okay. I feel like most shows that were still recording and producing episodes once the coronavirus hit are really going to feel it in terms of the rush to wrap up storylines. I know that the show The Blacklist did like a weird PS2 cutscene episode in trying to make their content that they had available work. It, it was really strange and I saw some clips online and I don't really watch The Blacklist, so I don't know how well that went for them, but it really looked wild and I applaud them for doing anything to try and make this work out for them. And you can feel it in this final episode of The Flash. They really try to wrap up what they can in whatever remaining episodes they had available and produced. But I know that they were cut short by three episodes. So truly, it feels like it just kind of ends the season. I won't spoil anything because this isn't a Flash podcast, so you wouldn't expect to hear spoilers here. But yowza, it's a wild one. They end on a cliffhanger. And it really does feel like they had an episode that would have normally had a cliffhanger. And they were just like, hey, let's make this one the season finale and hope for the best. So you just slap it to be continued on there and then hope that you can pick up whatever story threads did not get completed in season six and hope you complete them in season seven. That's what it seems like they're trying to do anyways. And, you know, they're going to do what they can. And I applaud them for doing what they can with the content and the writing and the stuff that they have at hand. I don't think Supergirl or Batwoman have ended yet. And if they did, I haven't watched those episodes. I think probably this week is the week that those end. Maybe it's next week. I'm not sure. They like those two shows seem to have taken a longer break than The Flash did. So I'm not sure what they're wrapping up and how, but we'll see. I mean, again, I wish them all nothing but the best. They're doing what the best with what they have. And that's really all you can do in these situations. So it was a weird ending. But no matter what ending they chose to go with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sentence makes sense. Whatever ending they decided, I think would have been the better word. But whatever ending they decided to go with was going to be weird no matter what, because their production schedule got, you know, completely messed up because of all this. So what can you do? Anyways, let us move on to the questions. If you have questions for us, send them into the new email address, radioiagp at gmail.com. I see every one of your emails and I appreciate every single one. So please, if you have questions, gaming related, not gaming related, send them in and we'll find somewhere to put them and I'll answer them on the show. Our first email. Hi. Okay. Here's my question for you for your podcast. What's the scariest slash most surreal experience you've ever had with a wild animal? Okay, good luck with the podcast and all that. From Claire Stasny. Thank you, Claire. I think the wildest interaction I've ever had with a wild animal was when I used to I used to walk to work and 
I opened for a coffee shop at around 4.30 in the morning was when work started. So I walked to work much earlier than that at like 4 in the morning. And there was one night I was just exhausted. I did not get a lot of good sleep the night before and I had to make this walk. So I was just sort of delirious, hadn't quite had my morning coffee yet. You know how it is. And I hear I'm as I'm walking through my neighborhood and I'm there's this little side street that's mostly through like woods on one side, poorly taken care of baseball field on the other. And as I'm walking through this little back road to get to work, I hear like clopping and it sounds exactly like how horses sound on TV and I'm losing it. I'm tired. I'm delirious. I have no clue what's going on. Why is there a horse in this neighborhood that I'm walking through? This doesn't make any sense. And I like stop. There's no I stop on the sidewalk and I'm like looking around and I just see like this herd of deer walking through and like they look at me and they walk by and they go into the, the woods or whatever. And I am terrified because now I've heard weird wildlife sounds. Now I'm assuming every weird sound is something that's out to get me for whatever reason. That's what my brain has decided was the thing to do. So I like book it to work. I'm like, I don't run, but I definitely fast walk my way to work from for the rest of my little route. And I just every once in a while, I'll think back and like think about all those like deer that were just looking at me and how impossibly loud they sounded so early in the morning and how they just sounded like like horses. It was unsettling, to say the least. And I, I was tired, so it just really, really scared me. And even now, I'm still a little I'm a lot less scared of the whole situation now. But I am every once in a while, I'll have like not a nightmare, but just kind of a spoopy dream. And those deers will just show up. Hey, remember us? We scared you years ago. It was weird. Our next question. Hey, Josh, do you have any favorite sci fi and or fantasy novels? Are there any books or series you've wanted to check out but haven't? Sincerely, Orion. Thank you, Orion, for your question. I think sci fi and or fantasy. I'm trying to think of something I've read recently that I really liked. I have a hard time getting through the books I start unless they like really, really, really hook me. I at one point was really interested in what people are doing with the superhero genre in young adult novels. And I read this book, Steelheart, I think is what it's called. That was really strange, where basically the power of having superpowers instantly goes to your head. <clears throat> so there are all these what would be superheroes in the world, but instead they're all, for the most part, super villains. And when even like good people who use their powers, the powers themselves make them bad and angry and mean and all this stuff. And it's really kind of strange, to be honest. I the last place I was expecting to see grim, dark fantasy or grim, dark, not fantasy, but grim, dark thoughts on superheroes was to be young adult fiction. But I guess maybe I'm out of the game. So who knows? Maybe that's just right on the money. It was really jarring and kind of strange that that was like a thing that was highly recommended for people who were like, oh, you like superhero comics. Maybe you should. And you're a kid. You should read this book. Also, the main character was kind of a douche. So maybe it's not really a good recommendation. I, I enjoyed it. It felt more like a popcorn flick more than anything. There was this book series I read in high school 
I'm going to look it up real quick and I'm hopefully going to edit out all the clicky clacks. All right, I found it. I don't know how many of these books I actually read, but there is this book series called The Demonata by Darren Shan. And I remember being really fascinated with it. But again, not a good recommendation because I remember it just being like, what if someone made demon horror action movie ultraviolence, but palatable to children or young adults? And I read several books in this series and I thought the action was written really well. A lot of times I have a hard time following action heavy scenes in in books. It's just something hard for me to like wrap my head around in a lot of cases. I have a hard time like visualizing what's going on at any given time, which means that like the details are really hard to retain because of that. But I will give it to him like they wrote action scenes pretty well. I remember those being like really surprisingly good compared to the rest of this, which was just kind of like boring and just very strange. Lots of like, like I said, ultra violence that could appeal to children and be in a high school library is really what it came down to. And that was very like fantasy driven. It took place in a bunch of different time periods and stuff. And it was told kind of non-linearly and it was really strange and almost read a little bit like a Goosebumps book. I don't know. It's been so long and I'd have to reread them. But I remember having fun reading them, even if they were even at the time looking at them going like, this is not a good book, but I'm having fun at the very least. And then in terms of like a series that I'd like to get into, I think that for as much as I like Star Trek, I haven't read that many Star Trek books. And I feel like that's somewhere where I could really get lost in the sauce. You know what I mean? Like just really find my series of Star Trek books and just devour them. You know, I had something similar happen to me where I really liked the Dungeons and Dragons settings, dark setting, dark sun. And I knew that there were books about D and D settings and books that took place in certain D and D settings. So I was like, Oh, well I like dark sun. I would probably like a book set there. So I went and found a couple books and I enjoyed them. They were fine. I don't, again, wouldn't necessarily recommend them in anybody, but solid action really drew from the setting of Dark Sun and how unique that setting is compared to a lot of other, not only fantasy settings, but settings specifically within Dungeons and Dragons. And I feel like I should do the same thing for Star Trek, just figure out what I'd like to read. But I think the more appealing thing to me would be something like a whole new crew, a whole new cast that are also doing some type of five year mission ish deal. You know, they're off exploring the universe, seeking out new life and new civilizations, the whole shebang. And I started reading, I think it's called New Frontiers, which is that it's a different starship. It's not the Enterprise, it's not any of the named starships that are in the show. There's a handful of characters that were super minor one or two episode characters from Next Generation that they used for this book series. And I remember reading the first, maybe the first book, like the first couple of chapters. And the dude had a name that was basically like Kyle or something. But it was Kyle if it had a bunch of alien apostrophes. You know what I'm talking about? So it was really hard to read. And then... On top of that, there's like a really weird scene with this guy who's going to be the captain of the starship, I think, and Captain Picard. 
and it's just very strange and like nothing quite gelled with me. So I ended up, I think, dropping it. I just didn't finish that book. But that's the kind of thing It's like I I want to get into these books that are about series that I enjoy and like Star Trek or Star Wars. Star Wars, maybe a little less so because I think I have more fun filling in my own blanks with Star Wars than I do with something like Star Trek. I, I like filling in my own blanks with Star Trek, but I'm more interested in other people's interpretation of that world, especially when, you know, as much as I like the current series that are going on with Star Trek, there isn't a lot of focus on new planets and new civilizations and all that stuff. There's not a lot of focus on exploring, which is partially the reason why I like a lot of Star Trek media is I like that exploration aspect of it. But even then, I would say Deep Space Nine is tied for first with my some of my favorite Star Trek or with it is tied for first with Deep Space Nine or hold on. Let me rephrase that one more time. The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine are both tied for first as like my favorite Star Trek series. But I think that's the case because I have The Next Generation to be my exploration show that I really like on top of Deep Space Nine still doing some exploration here and there, but really mostly focusing on one location and the politics of that location with the same similar Star Trek and sci-fi flair of let's investigate a political issue in this one episode of the show. You know what I mean? And so I think because there's that lack of exploration focus on the new shows, I feel like what I would want out of any Star Trek books I read is for it to be filling in that original series, Enterprise, Next Generation gap of here's a crew, they're going off, they're exploring, they're having fun, they're doing their thing, and we're building these interpersonal relationships. And there isn't a big bad to go fight at the end or some grand mystery to solve at the end of a season or an arc or whatever. It's exploration for knowledge's sake. And also, here are some really cool characters that you're going to get to grow to really enjoy and want to see flourish and want to see their interactions with each other. and want to see them develop over the course of however many books. But like I said, that one series I took the plunge on, I didn't really like it. So I haven't really found a similar series within Star Trek that I would really want to, that would give me that similar feeling, but in a way that was more palatable to me, I guess. So I think that would be the big one. And lastly, you listen to any good podcasts recently. Watch any good YouTubes. Thanks, Tyler. Yes, I have listened to some good podcasts recently. Um, I'm kind of cycling through the podcasts that I want to listen to and keep on my podcatcher. And one of them is Hey Riddle Riddle. It is an improv comedy podcast where for the most part, they're answering riddles and being goofs, but there are also three improvisers that are doing this. So a lot of times they'll call for a scene and do a silly scene and stuff like that. And it's really well produced. I think the three hosts are really funny. Anytime they have guest hosts on, even if I don't know who the guest is, I'm really into it. And at the very least, I don't think there's ever been an episode that hasn't that has failed to make me smile. At least, you know, maybe I'm not laughing out loud which, with each episode, but I'm thoroughly enjoying and having a very relaxing, humorous time with the podcast. And I support them on Patreon, so I get their Clue Crew stuff that happens once a week. So I'm getting their normal episodes, their Patreon episodes. It's really good. 
I would absolutely recommend that podcast. You know, give it a couple episodes. You can kind of pick and choose which episode you'd want to listen to. I listened to like when I started, I think I started in like the 60s or 70s of their episodes because that's when that's what was like recent when I started listening. And then I just went back and was like, oh, this is good. I'm actually enjoying myself. And I went back and listened to a bunch of basically their entire catalog of episodes. And now I basically put one on to go to bed. Like, I'll just like have it as like a white noise thing in the background. I'm like, oh, I've already heard this episode so I can remember when I laughed and remember when I thought a bit was funny. And then it'll relax me and let me go to sleep. And then another podcast that I've I haven't been keeping up with too closely. I apologize for this, but interstitial our hearts intertwined is a very good actual play podcast based on the tabletop rpg of the same name and interstitial is a tabletop version of kingdom hearts where you can mash up basically anything you want doesn't have to just be disney and square enix it can be anything it's whatever the players want players want to bring to the table it's very much like living out your most self-indulgent fanfic in game form and i really really like it um i am let's see how many episodes in oh i'm like less than 10 episodes into this but i really really liked it i'm i haven't obviously haven't finished it i'm not up to date with everything but i liked it a ton and it's probably one of outside of like friends at the table i think it's probably one of my favorite actual play podcasts that's out there and then for youtube's I'll recommend three. The first one is Tolarian Community College. It is a Magic the Gathering YouTube channel that I find very endearing. And as someone who is very new to Magic the Gathering, the only reason why I am giving Magic another shot, I played it years ago and didn't have a lot of fun with it in my local scene and basically filled that hole with Pokemon the trading card game. And now I'm back into Magic and... I owe that mostly to Tolarian Community College, explaining concepts of the game in very simple and easy to digest ways has been super helpful for me trying to figure out what I like about the game and how I want to build decks and make strategies that make sense for me and my playstyle. I find his reviews about con- about not only directly magic products like booster packs card sets, pre-constructed decks. I find all of that really useful as someone who is not as well versed in the history of Magic and also isn't that great of a player, you know? So it's nice to have that review aspect of it. For instance, watching his review of the Commander 2020 set, the Ikoria set that's currently out for these Commander pre-constructed decks was really informative and helped me figure out also a little bit of what kind of commander I would like to play whenever I get a chance to play commander. And I never feel like I'm me as someone who is only what this is like my second set that I've played through in terms of magic. And really, this is the first set I'm playing. Ikoria is the first set I'm playing that I'm like fully aware of kind of everything going in. Like I know all the new mechanics coming in. I know kind of the deal with these cards and everything i don't feel like i'm being left out of the of the audience you know i feel like especially when it comes to nerd stuff you can really have hosts and people who don't feel welcoming unless you already have as much knowledge as they do 
And I think it helps that uh, the person who runs Tulane Community College, the professor, is a legitimate professor who stopped teaching community college and now runs this YouTube channel. And I think that that background helps a ton because while I don't think he treats it like a lecture or anything and the content doesn't feel like a lecture, I feel like I'm being included in a way that I've you know, good teachers would include you in a discussion. You know what I mean? Where you're never being talked down to. You're just being given information and are part of the conversation. And you are viewed as valuable to that conversation. And as someone who had had bad experiences with magic in my local scene, that is really welcome. And if you're into magic, I'd say give pretty much any video of his a watch and if you're not into magic but maybe would like to get into it there are some videos that he's put out that are explainers on like the mechanics of magic that i found really helpful in figuring out is this a game that i actually want to play so that's one a two i i'm, a, I'm on a big tech youtube kick right now and one of my favorites is your average consumer and i think he's really cool i find his content like soothing in a weird way. And while I think that one thing you have to be aware of when it comes to these tech YouTube channels is that they somehow seem to have so much money, like ridiculous amounts of money that all their like weird unboxing stuff, especially when they're doing like hauls of things, like they let their boxes build up for a month and then open a bunch of stuff. It feels a little, it feels very bougie, but it is nice that he seems very down to earth despite that. And so it's just entertaining to have on in the background. And I find that some of his reviews are pretty useful, or at least his thoughts about certain things. And there's something fascinating about watching someone who can throw in a, who can like put together a backpack everyday carry video. And one of the everyday carries is a gaming laptop. It's something inherently fascinating about that to me. I don't know why, but it's one of those things where like I watch it and go, man, I wish I could get myself something like that. A nice backpack, not even the gaming laptop, just the backpack. And then I kind of move on from there. But, you know, I like it still. And then finally, I have been watching Brutal Moose. Uh, my favorite series he's doing currently is the series called Mystery Tapes. I have a huge fascination with VHS. One collection that I wanted to have at one point was a full VHS collection of all of the Dragon Ball Z movies that were put out on VHS and just silly stuff like that. Like I have, I think I have like maybe 10 or 20 VHS tapes right now. And like, like, you know, I think I have some Indiana Jones tapes, some Star Wars tapes, and just silly stuff. And mystery tapes is all about sold as blanks tapes that were recorded on home VCRs, like recording television or something or a movie on a TV channel, you know? And so it's the fascination with VHS tapes combined with, for me, I find old commercials really fun in a weird way, especially commercials for things that like don't exist anymore, like a fast food chain selling you whatever food in this old commercial. And you think, wow, I can't even get that food anymore, but they spent all this marketing money on it to make these commercials. And I find that really fascinating. So it's a look at that. It's a look at what was local in these areas because these tapes are coming from a specific local place, you know? 
And so even if you're watching and not over the air television, but like cable television, you're watching TNT in Texas, your commercials are going to look different than TNT in California, you know, because they're going to splice in those local ones. And so it's really fun watching him talk about local commercials and stuff. And then on top of that, like the weird glimpse into media that isn't necessarily lost, but media that is not necessarily thought about as much, I would say. It's like in one of the episodes of Mystery Tapes, he had someone who had taped a televised vice presidential debate, I think. It was like a televised Senate debate or something like that. It was like something small compared to current electoral scopes. It was some small election, smaller election than president, I'm pretty sure. And it was just this televised debate that someone had on C-SPAN. And like, you can go find that debate on C-SPAN right now for free. But there's something about the fact that this was on VHS and that this is that this is something someone decided to tape specifically that I find very fascinating. And so it's all those things combined to make this really interesting series. Uh, Ian Brutal Moose is, I think, very funny and very charismatic and charming in a way that like really helps propel the commentary of these tapes. And on top of that, it's it uses the format of VHS really well. He now tapes those episodes on tape. He like records them on tape, then edits them digitally, but digital recordings of the tape that he recorded from. That makes sense. So it's all in like four by three and looks like it was recorded on some form of tape. And it's a very good look. He's got a unique commentary style. He's entertaining. It's truly like all of these things have combined into one of my favorite YouTube series on currently. And I think that will do it for this episode of Radio IAGP. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. As always, we could not do this podcast without you. And I appreciate you so much. If you have questions, you can send them in to radioiagp at gmail.com. You can follow me, Implausibly Josh, on Twitter at implausiblyj. You can follow Implausibly Average on Twitter at Implausibly A. And I think that's it for plugs and emails and all that stuff. So thanks again for listening. Always appreciated. Share with your friends. Do whatever you want with this episode. I don't know. But thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. Later. Moose, you little varmint. I am not a merry man.